Hey, my name is Tiffany Vaughn, and I'm on a mission to help regular people like me find their voice and then use it for lifting themselves and others up around them. I'm a small town mom to three kiddos with my hubby James, and man, have we been dealing with a lot. But isn't everyone? I lovingly call it our hard, beautiful journey, and I bet that yours is too. In season one, I tossed the bricks from my shoulders that were weighing me down. Bricks that represented shame, embarrassment, regret, loss, you name it, I was feeling it. I am now taking those bricks and building up a stronger foundation for myself and our family. I have created this safe space for me and you to open our hearts and our minds and to use our voices to help others know they are not alone in their struggles. Marriage and divorce, mental health, infertility, parenting, and some soul journey work are all topics we discuss here. But let's be real for a minute. Life can definitely be hard, but it can also be so dang beautiful, am I right? So pull up a cozy seat, grab your beverage of choice, and join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to Hard Beautiful Journey. This is Tiffany Vaughn, and you are here for episode 17. On today's episode, I am introducing you to one of my friends, Stacy. Stacy and I grew up in Shaunavan, Saskatchewan, and I met her in grade seven when we both started attending Shaunavan High School. And I have just loved watching Stacy over the years be. Oh, she's just such an inspiring woman and the hard, beautiful journey that she has been on has not only inspired me, but I know it will inspire you to know that you can do anything. You really can do anything that you set your mind to and you can persevere through tough times. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hello, Stacy. How are you doing? I am fantastic. I Hello. can't believe you're here. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you. When I first put out my podcast, you were the first person who said that you would do an interview with me. I yeah. remember that and I was like, yes, she is. And I can't <laughs> believe we're doing this already. This is exciting. And it's your second season already. I know. Like, isn't that nuts? That, that is blew really by. crazy. That yeah, that's by. really crazy. Time just goes faster and faster. So fast, especially when we're getting um, aged. Yeah. Right? Yes, that's true. We're aging very, very beautifully, though, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I think so. You <laughs> are. Oh, my gosh. 40-ish is the new 30-ish. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, like I said, Stacy is an old friend of mine from Shaunavon, Saskatchewan, we were both born and raised. You were born there, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. born and raised in Shaunavon, Saskatchewan. And we we didn't go to school, though, until grade seven, I think, right? Yeah. In the high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the high school. Yeah. So, but once we met, we were, like, tight. It, so. it just never stops. And then, ironically, like, you moved to the big city of Medicine Hat. Yeah. And then I ended up living there. Until yeah. Until until now I was living there for 12 years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's crazy. 
Yes, we had so oh, well. many good times in Shanavan. Oh my gosh. I know. And yeah. I was devastated when we had to move. Um, hey, sorry, I have a puppy here and she's chewing on, <laughs> on my headphone cord. We should acknowledge Charlie. <laughs> Charlie's in the house. This is Charlie. Oh, yeah. Charlie, you are heaven on earth. Yeah. So she had to be in this interview with us. So Stacy is here today to talk about a few things, but one of my mm-hmm. pillars is marriage and divorce and mm-hmm. mental health and all of that good stuff. So Stacy yeah. has quite the hard, beautiful journey as well. And I would love if you are comfortable with it, sharing it with my listeners where you would like to start with that uh yeah I love telling people and I was one of the very few people that goes very public because I I didn't even dawn on me there was another path so um so I guess I'll start at where the trauma hits where the moment hits and I remember because anyone who's gone through this remembers the moment very well um so on July 18th uh it was in the evening it was it was around 10 a.m. that I knew something was definitely up. And by 11.52, I took a, two steps up the stairs as my husband was snoring on the couch in our bonus room. And I said, okay, God, like whatever I see, just please help me get through it. Like, And I literally put my hands together. I went three steps and then I had to take a few more st- stairs. And I crawled along the floor and got a cell phone. and. I learned in that moment as I grabbed the phone and it happened to be on and I looked at the phone and then I realized my husband had been having an affair. I suspected something was up, but didn't know the intensity and the damage that it was about to cause. Um, Now I've accepted this and there's lots to learn from it. And I call it my course correction, but it was with my daughter's teacher and basketball coach. So that was the the like when I realized that like it's one thing to be with some stranger and it's one thing to be in your 40s and I was 44 at the time and your husband has an affair with someone younger that's pretty stereotypical but uh to find out it was someone that you trusted that has known your children intimately for 12 years and is teaching and coaching them at an intense level especially my older daughter it was like full-on mental breakdown in that moment and they were with my parents in Shaunavan. Ironically, it was July, so they were gone. Your girls were. For a few weeks. Yeah, the girls weren't home, which was also a godsend. A blessing. Um, but yeah, it was literally the end of my marriage in an instant. And I was, I mean, we did not have a good marriage. It was not a healthy marriage. It was ups and downs and roller coasters of marriage. But where we're from and where my family's from is you just get through it you just stay married Mm -hmm. and you just you accept people and you take your vows and you just deal with it and I was not one to give up I'm not one to fail I'm just like accept it we had cars we had a swimming pool we had a beautiful house we had a beautiful business two beautiful business two good businesses beautiful home view of the coolie it was it it should have been from the outside pretty awesome life Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't healthy. We did not have a good relationship. We did not see life the same way. Mm-hmm. And um, same values, you think? 
yeah, we didn't have the same values. Uh, he has, he had, I mean, our childhoods were very different and I, I mean, they are what they are, but we didn't come together during times of stress when the economy hit and what the crash hit in Alberta and when things started to change. It's a midlife crisis combined with a bunch of oil and water all at the same time. And I was working excessive amounts running our businesses and thinking it was all going to be okay. And our daughters were going, they were 13 and 15 at the time. So our oldest daughter was finishing junior high and about to go into grade 10. And our younger daughter was about to go to junior high. And never in a million years did I think that, that was going to happen. No. No, I mean, you, you suspect like when they go to the bar, you, you think like there's a part of you that feels something's not right for many mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. but never did I. And I mean, I learned a lot about affairs and I learned a lot about healing from them mm -hmm. and our world does not, you instantly think it's your fault. You think that because you gained weight or you don't look pretty enough or you weren't nice enough and the world in the psychology and counseling world really has come a long way but they have a long way to go yeah and I read like decisions I made from that moment on from a simple Facebook post that had Robin Williams so I wake up at five in the morning after having a complete meltdown my mom had called the police to come he I kicked him out of the house mm -hmm. and my mom called the police and I remember they came there and I they give me a card for outreach program mm -hmm. and at the time, I didn't realize how important that was going to be. Mm -hmm. But that morning, I woke up and the sun was coming up over the view of our house. And and I remember posting this uh, phrase from Robin Williams that said, you know, I thought the scariest or worst thing in the world was to feel alone. But the worst thing in the world is to be with someone who makes you feel alone. Absolutely. And yeah, it was this really, really hard death of my marriage that I had to accept. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I did not accept it very well, as in I was fine with him being gone, but I still wanted answers. So I became very obsessed with why, how mm -hmm. did this happen? Mm -hmm. And it became and what very you, overwhelming. What did you find in that journey? What did you do? Oh. How did you do it? Like, and this is the part that I realized when I went away for help. So again, you, you I make this post on Facebook and then people start reaching out. And then I head home to Seanavan and this Trisha, who's probably going to listen to this. <laughs> I go out for dinner with our childhood friends who like literally my friend flies me to Seanavan. So I didn't drive, which is really important when you're mm -hmm. going through trauma. Do not drive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I fly home to Seanavan and I meet all the girls and they're all like, yeah, like we do, you know, you, you can do this. And Trisha says, hey, you should get his phone and check location services. And at the time, I'm still de in denial and in shock, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I love this man and I love our family. And I'm like, and she said, you should check his phone. So when I got home and I brought the girls back with me, I thought, okay, you know, we'll we'll just work it out. It's It's just been 48 hours. Mm -hmm. So it's the Friday. And I remember getting his phone. He had Sorry to interrupt. At this point, you still were in thinking that you're going to make this work. Yeah, like it was weird because I'm like three different people. I'm like, get the heck out! I never want to see you again. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, how can you do this to me? Like this is this is not really happening. Mm -hmm. And and then another part of me is like, this really happened, and how could you do this? And mm -hmm. so I get the phone, and then I get you. You go through about six different stages to get to the information, and it keeps track of every movement on your phone to the minute. Mm -hmm. And, and this location services are frequently visited locations 
became, and Trisha told me about seeing it on TV. And so I get his phone and I was smart enough to take screenshots of it. And then I could connect it to our business, which was a food truck franchise, which I could then see you said it was just texting. You said it was just on the phone. And then, yeah. And then I get in there and I'm like, who in the heck is at this address? And why are you going there 79 times in June? And what, what? Yeah. And then getting, so I would connect like from minutes, how many times he was going to these, like this one place. And then, then I'm like, okay, this is way more than just texting. And then I had to go back and then I got the phone records that's when that's when your heart just skips a beat and you see all the because the details of phone records you have to go in and download them to see them Mm -hmm. who does that you just get your bill and you pay it right yeah I never went in and downloaded it and up until the point he had a company phone and then when we switched it to a, a private phone so I was obsessed and I and I realize now this is normal like part of healing from an affair is knowing the truth like you just realize your life was a bit of a lie and there was another story going on behind and you were being manipulated and lied to and then all these days were like the typical response to someone in an affair is they're angry and their their emotions are all over the place and like all of a sudden these days started to make sense and then you're yeah it was really up in even months later I was still learning about things that had happened where you know he goes on a basketball trip and the coach actually came with him in the car with my daughter and 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 then you start like he literally replaced me in my life because I was working all the time and and I just thought I was doing what was best for my family mm-hmm. and I never set any boundaries that's my fault I should have I should have mm-hmm. set boundaries I should have expected more but you think that would have made yeah. a difference if you would have set that boundary in his mind? No, no. I think I knew that if I set boundaries that our marriage, and that's exactly what he wanted, right? But mm-hmm. for me to be the bad guy, mm-hmm. say I've had enough. Exactly. I've had enough, get out, right? Yeah. And so when I catch him, my reaction to our divorce is very different because mm-hmm. it is like, you made your bed mm-hmm. and I'm going to protect our girls and I'm going to protect what we have. And at the time, if someone even mentioned selling my house, Mm-hmm. which I had built the most beautiful backyard beautiful. with a pool and gazebo cabana and outdoor and kitchen everything. and cabana. And, <laughs> yeah. and I just, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not giving up my infinity QX80. I'm not giving up my business. Like this is all me. Yeah. So I ended up taking the debt and the assets. Right. And then mm-hmm. I had it all worked out. Like by, by the beginning of September, I, like he goes public and just is with her. I go public right away. And mm-hmm. I start telling people what's happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was really, really crazy. Like the financial side, you know, you learn, go visit lawyers, right? And mm-hmm. so then he can't get those lawyers. He was he was never going to get a lawyer. He didn't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I learned, and this was really crazy, is I walk in the bank. I have a business worth about 150 to 180,000 Canadian. Mm-hmm. I could just sell it, fully paid for and I'm like, okay, I'll just sell the business. I'll pay off some of my mortgage, get the mortgage down, and I'll look for a job. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what look for a job really meant. <laughs> I hadn't been in the work. I've been self-employed. I chose to stay home and look after our girls yeah. so he could focus on work. But yeah. what it really was is he worked and made the money, and it became even worse than 1953. Like, I literally was – I did everything. Yeah. I did, I did everything. Yeah. He was Disney dad. He was – he, he yep. made the big decisions on big, big things, but we didn't have this. We didn't sit down and have meals together as a family. We didn't, 
like the things that you need to do when you're raising kids that keep you connected. Mm -hmm. We were obsessed with sports. One played ringette, one played basketball. We were divided through the winter because of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But ultimately I go into the bank. So it's a few days later and my banker, she's one of my good friends and she cheers. You get these people who cheer you on. Like when you posted the other day about people who will cheer you on. When I go public, some people get afraid of me because like, Ooh, that's weird. Ooh, you're making me uncomfortable. But Mm -hmm. other people were drawn to me and other Mm -hmm. people opened up to me and Mm -hmm. my banker, I walk in to see her and she's like, yeah, like we can't, you can't get a mortgage unless you've had a real job for two years. And I went, what? Like, I need to get his name off my mortgage. What am I going to do? And I got great advice from a lawyer because I didn't want to go to court. We didn't have enough money to pay for those kind of things. So I had a great lawyer who did up what I wanted. I told him and I had really good advice from a good friend. He's like, like a dad to me. And he was like, no, you need to hold on to this RRSP and you need to make sure you get this. And so through the few weeks leading up to trying to come to an agreement on what we were going to do to, to separate and to, to get me financial security. Cause I was terrified. Like he's right. running off to Vegas weeks after I catch him with her. And I, I'm terrified. Like, I mean, he had left really important, really good jobs, uh, and 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 had done had not really gotten a good job, like a stable job. And so I was terrified financially for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I walk in the bank, and they tell you, yeah, it doesn't really matter that you have money to put on your mortgage. It doesn't matter you have equity in your house. You have to have a real job for two years. And I've been paying myself through shareholders loan. Mm-hmm. So I instantly went home. And August second, I became an employee. For the first time in like 10 years, I yeah. started paying myself Yeah, and then I got a job in January. And then like, this is where the snowball effect of decisions you make, like getting that job was so crucial. It was with a company that makes military targets. It was, they deal with the world. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden my world wasn't so small anymore. It was huge. So it was huge. Yeah. And, 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 and I was so angry at the government and so angry at the world where I choose to stay home and look after my own children and I'm punished financially for it. Mm-hmm. I don't exist mm-hmm. in the economic system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was, I was floored. I couldn't believe it. So yeah. it really puts years, a limit on what you think you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it didn't matter how much money I had, they were not going to give me a mortgage on my own. And and I would have to have a job or use what money I have and buy a house for 150,000 when I'm sitting in one that's worth 550,000. Exactly. Like the idea of losing these first world problems, right? We're like, what? Like, yeah. I can't live in a tiny apartment. What do you mean I'm going to have to get like, <laughs> yeah. like letting go of the stuff, like mm-hmm. more life, less stuff, like mm-hmm. starting to realize that the house was not a home, mm-hmm. that the kids, it's not the end of the world to sell my house. And it right. wasn't the end of the world to sell my business and my cars. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was stages as right. I changed and I went 180. Like, yeah. yeah but that was, letting go of that stuff is also letting go and making it final. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the last yeah. piece, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because so. you imagined your grandchildren swimming in that pool. Mm-hmm. You imagined, you know, your daughter walking out of there in a grad dress or a wedding dress. Like you, you imagined finally renovating the kitchen or mm-hmm. like you, 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 there's things you imagined about your life that you have to let go of when you let go of that, that place. And we had amazing view of the coolie and like it was a beautiful place to raise our girls. And 
I, we said goodbye to the house and it was exciting. It was exciting when we left. I ended up moving to a really nice townhouse condo that was so beautiful. And it was almost the exact same layout mm-hmm. exactly two years later. Really? I literally, literally got my job two years later. So in July, so I get this job at the military company, which kind of opens up my mind to the world is awesome. And I used to be out in that world and mm-hmm. I lived in Korea, I lived in Australia, I had traveled, and I remember the person I was before I came home to the farm and mm-hmm. didn't really know what to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then I was like, oh, the world is like, yeah, I could I could live anywhere. Like, what the heck? Why, why not? And then mm-hmm. you start, because once I got that first job, but getting that first job, oh my God, getting my resume done. Like I had, <laughs> I had to pull it off a hard drive that I was a like, floppy well, disk? work? <laughs> yeah, like, do I even have? Like, I, like, I think I had it on a USB. I had yeah. moved. Yeah. So I, I go into this girl that works with a service company through Alberta that helps people to get back into the employment world and, and did a, a CV for me or a resume for me. And mm-hmm. then I ended up using that exact one uh, a year and a half later with a recruiter uh, and here in the Netherlands. So I live in the Netherlands. Yeah. And uh, and getting her advice and realizing that all those moms that are sitting at home that are terrified of getting out of the house or going to a job, like we have a massive amount of transferable skills a massive as amount. self-employed like women. Tell me oh, some of those. Organizational skills, multitasking. Um, we can be very direct and we can deal with emergencies like that. <laughs> um, we can literally calculate in our head uh, like budgets and costs and what we spent and what we have left. Like w- you can do that in minutes because when you're shopping all day with two teenage girls, like these, and when you're running a business and you yeah. have to keep track of your check cash flow and you have to manage like from like, I didn't meal plan worth a hoot, like as a parent, but yeah. you still have to kind of plan these things ahead of time. And when you're managing kids and dogs and cats and businesses, you, you work all the time because you're never really done work. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you see, you have a work ethic that is beyond what someone who's 25 and who has never done that. Right. Yeah. Um, and like all the business I've managed, like I, I literally brought a franchise to Canada for the first time. Hold on. Puppy. Come here. Sorry. Right. I've got a break. There we go. All right. So yes. Tell me about your franchise. Cause that was when you did that. Oh my gosh. That was so cool. Oh yeah. The neighborhood thought and like my close friends told me later they're like she's insane what the heck is she doing like I I did photography for many years and you're amazing I, I remember I I still know that's one of my passions and one of my joys and yeah. I still I that's why I love Instagram that's why I love social media and specifically Instagram because it's for the photos photos it's yeah. photos and it's emotion yeah and there's nothing better than a story told through photos yeah but when I moved, when we were looking for something, because now he's gone through this crisis where he doesn't want to stay where he's at, and we need to find something for me to make income, and the idea of, of going back to the workforce when we could just buy a business. So we were in Hawaii for one of our many elaborate vacations that we went on, and I'm watching these kids, my kids included, go to a shaved ice stand in Maui, yeah. and uh, I'm just watching people from age one to 92 buying these things all day going, we need to have that at medicine hat thinking I would just open a little shaved ice shack. I mean, it had very little product loss. It's ice and sugar. Yeah. I Googled it in yeah. the February we got back 
of 2015 and I, Kona ice pops up and I was like, Whoa, this is really cool. Like no leasehold improvements. The franchise is the truck. It's completely movable anywhere. Like this is really cool. So then I take another month to think about it. The price was totally affordable. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is really good. We we would, we would make our money back. I think very quickly. And I applied for the franchise. They said I had one of the longest applications they've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) And they were moving two trucks to Canada and they had to be used because the chassis had to be made, um, had to be used because they couldn't be brand new brought into Canada because they're made in the States. Yeah. So they were moving two used trucks, which are hot commodities in that franchise world and that family. As soon as you got a used truck that you can get out working, it'll make just as much as the brand new one. And yeah. people want to expand with these used ones. So they moved two to Canada and they picked me and a guy in Barrie, Ontario. And he actually has become the franchise um, owner for Canada. So he's oh, actually wow. developed the franchise across Canada. Yeah. So I became this like poster. And now I became, so I, I go and I said, we should do this. So we were pretty excited about it and our kids were going to be part of it. And we bring it home to, it was in June of 2015 and it became an all encompassing, amazing business. And it also was a reason that my marriage ended at the same time because I was working evenings and weekends from March until October. And I then bought a smaller truck that went inside that I then worked through the winter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, our marriage really divided because between sports and business, we, we weren't together. We were so busy mm-hmm. and, and it, and it would, it gave him the opportunity because I was always busy. I was always working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really unfortunate, but at the same time, it was my freedom. That Kona truck was the reason that I could chase my dream. Like exactly. I was able to sell it right away, which then gave me cash flow for me to pursue my dream of, of living in Europe. And and without that cash flow, you you don't have the ability to chase these dreams because it all costs money. Yeah. And and it's not it's not impossible. It just meant that I wouldn't have been able to really feel comfortable with my decision because I wouldn't have been able to come here as many times as I did. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was, so I love that business. That Kona truck, because I'm also from Medicine Hat. And so I go back all the time. And I saw you in that truck so many times. And the lineups for that truck yeah. were yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. All yeah, the time. Canada Day, we would do four Konas a minute. <laughs> that is like insane. Yeah, and like the amount of money that I gave back, I think in four years that I ran it, we would give money back to the community. So we would basically profit share with nonprofit schools, business. Like we would work with businesses and give it to to charities, but and to to deserving groups and organizations. But yeah, it was well over thirty thousand dollars that I donated back to the community. And that's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was an amazing education in, and I had run other businesses throughout my life from a railway to photography, you know, I had done an insurance. So I had run other businesses, but that one was um, exactly the same as running any major corporation. Like you have supply, you have cash flow, you have like customers you need to Mm -hmm. appease and and you have a franchise, you need to live up to the expectations. Mm-hmm. It was, it's a brilliant business model and I have looked at bringing it here, mm-hmm. but I didn't want that lifestyle. I wanted to be able to have my weekends and evenings again. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to have, if I did it again, it would be fully with staff and mm-hmm. I would make sure I had the, had the startup cash flow to be able to do that. But um, that was such a great lesson for your daughters as well, that yeah, it's, you gave them that experience in yeah. 
not only allowing them to work, but watching yeah. their mom kick ass. Oh, right. Like they, 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 I became a, I became the Kona lady. Like you were I the, was Kona the Kona lady. lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was the Kona lady. Like I would be in the grocery store and they'd be like, <gasps> and then there'd be, I know they're like one little kid was like oh my god the cool lady like look at her legs she's not as tall because <laughs> I would never see my legs really and they, 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 when I'm on the ground I'm not as tall as they see yeah. me up in the truck and yeah yeah it was really the community embraced it like mm-hmm. unbelievably and I became this um, example of what could be done in a colder climate in in a different country where they suspected only a five month season and it was much longer than that and we had much more it was really there was so much still to do so I was very happy when the families that did buy it his family and aunt and uncle bought it so oh wow that's good yeah so then like the $15 minimum wage was really hard on me and and then with me having to have another job on top of it hiring staff at that price for a product that was three four and five dollars yeah um, very I mean, color changing cups and refillables and made with stevia it was amazing but my marriage like I remember feeling exhausted all the time mm-hmm. because I put so much into it so my kids got to see that they got to see how much work it was mm-hmm. and they helped but at the end it was better for them to do their thing and my daughter mm-hmm. went to work for what would be competitors but you know yeah. fellow respected business people at Tutti Fruity. yeah and she, but she understands customer service and she mm-hmm. understands what it takes to put in a hard day's work and mm-hmm. we learned that as coming from a farming community people be like oh you work so much I'm like uh, every single farmer and rancher works these same hours yeah. like you pray I, for rain to get a day pray off. for rain to sleep <laughs> <laughs> you pray. so I was working the same hours as my family did growing up it really yeah. was exactly the same like yeah winter became going to the rink and the that was it was all about being the out pool, and being at festivals and- working yeah, yeah. And I saw my parents yeah. work their tails off too and yeah, that's where like, even now when I'm talking to Avery, uh, I started working when I was 14 at Swirls <laughs> in Medicine Hat because <laughs> yes, I wanted that desk. <laughs> yeah, I wanted yeah. a desk like how. Hello, I should have known <laughs> back when I was 14. And they're like, no, no, we're not paying for a desk. And but if you want to get a job, you can save some money for your desk. And that's what I did. And I went into whatever that furniture store is in medicine hat and walked in and I paid cash for my desk. And it was so exciting. That is awesome. (laughs) I can't remember what I bought first with my first paycheck. I remember working, spending money on some crazy stuff, but a desk is a very good investment. You ended up. I had it for a long time, but I didn't take it with me when I moved, but it was still, Oh, I was so proud of that thing. And I had all my, yeah. My little, you know, the collectibles from like yeah. Burger King and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 I had them all. <laughs> like, And ultimately, it's about like appreciating your, your work and mm-hmm. having pride in your work and work ethic. And exactly. Um, yeah, it's certainly something that I, you can't. It's hard to teach that. And my kids have learned it. They learned it from working with my mom at the rink mm-hmm. when she would run runs hockey camps. And they've yeah. learned it watching me run different businesses from home. And then they watch me struggle. As I'm, I'm literally in tears trying to apply for jobs in my community, and it was still a struggle to get through. As my husband is now with this woman, and I'm now trying to start a new life, and it was fine. I look back, and it, it worked out pretty good. But 
like to see like and I I was I, I mean I was suicidal I I literally just wanted the pain to end because the worst thing about falling asleep when you've been through any trauma is when you wake up there's a few seconds where you forgot mm -hmm. and then you have to remember and then you got to remember day. and it's like oh right mm -hmm. this is my life right and then mm -hmm. yeah it was kind of every day and then realizing a year later like okay, I can move forward. Like, I'll be okay. Like going out dancing and mm -hmm. going out and having fun and, and mm -hmm. realizing that I can start dating again. And mm -hmm. oh my God. Like, so I'm tell me about that. Tell me about that. Oh my God. Let's oh my go God. That. Like, <laughs> like really like, like the whole, like, honestly, like I, so like I go, I, I meet this, this guy hit on me and I had to check with my sister. <laughs> they were like, uh, I don't think he really, because his wife had had an affair mm -hmm. he was much younger than me mm -hmm. and he was very good looking mm -hmm. and I remember thinking okay so he wants to give me, he wants to talk to me about this and like and he's got a book and my my sister was like he doesn't care about the book <laughs> <laughs> what like, let's be real so much <laughs> and then so so that that whole first episode of of, of someone was like strange and awesome and then I literally was like the woman from I Feel Pretty. Like, you yeah. know how she bumps her head in the movie? <laughs> so there's three or four movies that are like my life. Like yeah. the other woman, yeah. we watch it. We <laughs> we get through it. There's parts of it that are really hard because yeah, they are yeah. very real. Very but it real. is literally, I was kind of like that woman. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like her. <laughs> and then I'm also like the feel pretty where she bumps her head and she just thinks she's, she's 30 again. <laughs> and... I, I, I look at me and like, yeah. I, I was, I literally started going out. People started taking me out dancing. So I'm at Ralph's in medicine at <laughs> dancing up his dorm. Yeah. And I was literally feeling my joy because what I realized was, okay, I, there was a line that Oprah, there's a few phrases that would stick in my head. And Oprah has one that says about forgiveness. And I had gone away for health. I had read, uh, Anne Birch has a book called my husband's affair is the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. my friend's sister sent me on that path and I spent the thousands to go to this weekend away in New Jersey to get help. And it's a retreat to take your life back. Mm -hmm. And I sat with 28 women at this retreat for the weekend and realized our stories were almost identical. Mm -hmm. How we had to deal with them was different. There was only three of us that there, we had gone public and our husbands had left with the affair so that was really like, wow. And then you realize your marriage isn't worth saving. Like you need to move on and you need to find someone who's better fitted for you. And you need to do this for your girls mm -hmm. so that you can, you can heal and just move forward. Mm -hmm. But that was amazing. So I went to New York for the weekend. When I came back, I was really on a path of healing and wanting to just figure out what I want in life. Mm -hmm. And that was big. That was really big. So then I get a new job. I come, I meet this guy who is just so awesome. Um, and he knows, like I say to him, he, he just gave, he, he was the bump on the head that was like, oh, okay, well, if this guy thinks, if this guy thinks I'm attractive or cute, well, yeah. then everyone will. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't care. I was just wanting to have fun. Mm -hmm. So I go out to the bar and I go dancing and literally was just having the time of my life. And then Instagram, like I started to move on to Instagram yeah. and started to journal through Instagram. So you can see my journey on my Instagram. Yeah. Like I, I just started to feel proud and didn't care what people thought. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I would like take in selfies mm -hmm. and I was like, 
having Your fun. stories are amazing. Oh my God. I was having fun and I was yeah. just enjoying life. And then I randomly, so end of June, 2018, I get the bump on the head and I was, I had no idea what dating was about. I had no idea. I'm clueless. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, I got to wax and <laughs> let's go to laser. I don't have time for this waxing stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I gotta get my nails done. And, and it's like, do I try Botox? Like, let's get teeth whitened. Like, like you're just trying to do everything you can to not like, like to try to fit in. And then you're yeah. like, damn, this is so much time and so much money. Like I really need to get my finances in order because if I'm going to keep up with these girls who are in their 20s and 30s, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like it was hilarious. Like, so, so I get, I go to the bar and I, again, this is people know that. So in Medicine Hat, there's a military base. And so there's lots of Brits that come there, right? And soldiers. Yeah. Well, in July, NATO brings all of these CBRN, so chemical um, chemical radiation, nuclear and biology, biological specialist. Yeah. So I meet a group of Dutch guys. Like we knew when we walked, my friend and I walk in this bar, we're not supposed to be there because it's supposedly the 18 year old bar, but there was yeah. no one at the other bar. So I'm like, where are the people? So yeah. I buy ice from a girl. She's like, Hey, come with us. We're going to go to this other bar. And I'm like, yeah. can I go there? Am I, <laughs> I really first time I take my friend out dancing in years. And she's, also married with kids yeah and we go to this bar and we meet these like soldiers from the netherlands and i call him my rabbit i yeah. never have seen him here <laughs> i've never seen him here but like he was he was literally my rabbit to wonderland because i all of a sudden you like realize life is really fun yeah and and, and the and world is huge oh the world is huge and like what the heck i'm single i'm gonna enjoy life like you know a six foot four or five dutch lieutenant yeah. hello <laughs> yeah but then you're like oh well, but everyday life with teenagers and a dog and a house and well, yeah. what do I really want so I knew I would have to move like I mm -hmm. knew I wanted more to life than a small town mm -hmm. and you can't being single at, at 45 now I'm 45 and I'm going out and I start to realize some of my 45 married friends do not like this they do not think this is cool what are you doing yeah like, and I'm like okay but get aren't there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where they but, are. And so this is where the journey, you start to realize some people are going to come with you. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to cheer you on. Mm -hmm. New people are going to come mm -hmm. and you just continue on that journey and just be truthful. Mm -hmm. And I'm just being truthful and honest and appropriate. Mm -hmm. My kids knew I was going out and dating and mm -hmm. they knew like I even tried Tinder as a challenge. <gasps> Tell me. A, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> oh my God. It, it's hilarious. It's really <laughs> hilarious, actually. And it's actually been amazing all at the same time. Really? Between Instagram and Tinder, yep. I have met some amazing people and went on the most amazing dates that you could ever imagine. Like That's walking fantastic. through the streets of Amsterdam, yeah. going for dinner at a French restaurant oh. late at night, Yeah, you know, and like, 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 and you're just like, is this really happening to me? Or like, you know, meetings, it's like kind of a snowy wintry night in the fall and, and you, and, and you're meeting these like beautiful, intelligent people and, and, and these men are like, they're still, and like you're younger. Here's the other problem. Just like in the movie, the other woman where she's yeah. at the bar and yeah. she says like, what? Like I have to date again. Like <laughs> the dating pool for me is like the fish. Like there's none left. Like it's so true. Like 
like you're in your 40s so guys who are in their 40s usually want someone younger because there's lots of younger ones that are interested in them because they want a sugar daddy or and so like these younger guys they don't want to get married and have kids they just want to have fun yeah and so it's this oil and water that is really a crazy combination yeah and yeah so like it's like again my parent my kids think it's crazy um, but there's something about my spirit that's younger. I'm in my thirties, yeah. I think, like you are with my spirit. You and are so yeah. joyful. And that's what, from when you started on that journey to the Netherlands, like it just radiated from you. Like your oh. smile just <laughs> lights up the screen. Like it's unbelievable joy attracts joy that was my hashtag for a long time and you know like just do it and like I had to stop worrying about what people would think Mm -hmm. and I was literally I was delusional like I'd bump my head and thought I'm gonna get a job I'm gonna move to the Netherlands Mm -hmm. and I started applying for jobs and I would get interviews and I were I came back in October the first trip and I remember sitting on a bench in Amsterdam going well I could just live here Mm-hmm. Like it's an eight hour flight from Calgary. Mm-hmm. I need, and I also thought about my girls, like our world in Alberta and it's still my world in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. Alberta. Like it's being attacked by the world. Like mm-hmm. they're attacking cows. They're attacking mm-hmm. e- meeting eat. They're attacking mm-hmm. oil and gas. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, what the heck? Like these, mm-hmm. I don't agree with the it. lifeblood like, of, of our provinces, the, the yeah. lifeblood of everything that our families have built. Like mm-hmm. I am, my great grandfather immigrated from Scotland. My dad's family came up from the U S but these families came to the prairies for free land and mm-hmm. for the opportunity to build something. And, the idea that that is all because of politics being mm-hmm. um, vilified is mm-hmm. like what people go through to get that gas that's mm-hmm. ethically sourced and mm-hmm. the, and that oil is. So it's. I thought, you know what? Like, where it? Where can I move? And what can I do with all this experience from Western Canada? And I had an amazing uh, four interviews with an agriculture company that makes a kick-ass sprayer mm-hmm. here in the Netherlands. And I almost got that job really close. But mm-hmm. these kind of things were hard to face when you realize as a woman and you're older, mm-hmm. there was a lot of obstacles. And usually it was women in their 20s and 30s who are the gatekeepers for these companies. Mm-hmm. And when I would get in there, they would say things like, wow, you have so much experience. Like, I really think there'd be a company that would want an older woman. Or they would say, wow, like, you're like my mom's age. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm gonna kick you. <laughs> yeah, I had to start to really downplay that I had kids because that was really hard for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, you're gonna move here. What about your girls? Mm-hmm. My girls are 15 and 18 now. When I started this, they were 13 and 15. Right? They knew mm-hmm. I wanted to move here as much for them as for me. Mm-hmm. Not everyone believes that, but it's true. Like, I want them to have more opportunity in life. I want them to know that there's a big, awesome world out there, and the media portrays it as evil and awful and scary and it's even worse now mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. people are so kind I left my wallet in a store in Switzerland mm-hmm. and they held it for me mm-hmm. and we were able to go back and get it like that's awesome. not everything's always going to work out but mm-hmm. in general people are kind and people are good yeah and the world the is um is fascinating and so I wanted my girls because that's who I remember who when I went into counseling and we used the counseling services to the women's shelter and I had spoke at the annual general meeting of the women's shelter 
because people think people who use these services are drug addicts and single mothers at 15 and they don't understand. Like I was a businesswoman. I was the Kona lady and I needed help. I needed people to guide me and guide my daughters as I was trying to manage through all of this, which felt like an absolute wretched like death. It was just so painful. And to go through that and then to realize when I started to dream really big, like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to a job every day and come home every day, I want to do it here. I want to do it in Europe. And I looked at Germany and I looked at other countries, but there was something about the Dutch and the Dutch culture that just captivated me. Mm-hmm. And my idea was, is my daughters would come eventually. Mm-hmm. They would, their dad is still their dad and moms mm-hmm. can do this. Mm-hmm. The amount of judgment I had for the fact that I was going to leave my girls. Like I'm not leaving my girls no. now. Like I didn't imagine COVID. I could never have imagined that. But nobody could have. But there's a double standard. Lots of men travel for months at a time in their jobs. And the idea that I was gonna move and move like and and not bring them right away with me and not force them to come with me. I'm like, well, they have a dad mm-hmm. and Annika's about to go to university. Mm-hmm. It was really sad. What kind of things were the- people saying? Well, they never really said it to my face. A few people questioned it. My mom did not agree. My mom mm-hmm. did not like this idea. But mm-hmm. um, it was more the idea that, like, it wasn't a positive thing when I said I want to move to the Netherlands. You're like, oh, but what about your girls? Mm-hmm. Like, if a dad gets divorced, and if my ex-husband had said, oh, I'm going to move to Vancouver, or I'm moving for a great job to mm-hmm. Europe, they would have went, wow, like, that's so cool for the girls. They're going to get to spend summers and holidays in Europe. And And they would have went, oh, that's so good that he's getting his life together and he's doing what's best for his kids. But a mom does it and I'm and I'm somehow less than or I'm somehow a bad mom or I don't want the the, the classic line is I don't want to be a mom again. Or I hear from my daughters the comments that would come from parents when they would be around them and they would say, but what's she going to do when she doesn't get a job there? Like, what's your mom? What's your mom? Kind of what's your plan B? What? (laughs) and even Annika would say when she'd be sitting around with these parents and they would be like, she was, well, they're, she's just going to get one <laughs> for her. There was no, like, there was, there was no plan B. I was never going to give up. Of course. And I knew it would happen eventually, but yeah. okay. I had to come to terms in the spring of 2020 when I made that trip on March 9, it was my 13th flight coming back and forth to go to interviews, networking, like, I would go to anything I could to meet every, I'd meet people on the subway station. I would meet them at a coffee shop. I'd be like, Hey, do you got to do, do you have a job for me? You like, there's two lines from Oprah too. And it says, forgiveness is not accepting what happened to you. Forgiveness is accepting that it has happened. And what are you going to do about it? You know, that kind of Dr. Phil thing. Yep. you like, how's that working for you? Mm-hmm. And And coming to terms. And when I went away for help and learning that, that I can be, I can have a great life and I don't, I don't need, um, I don't need a husband and I, I, I'm an independent, intelligent person and it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't understanding that an affair is nothing to do with you. It is everything to do with the other person. Yeah. Like when your marriage is not happening, there's two people in the marriage that, that it doesn't work. But when they choose to have an affair, that is a, a that is a choice. That mm-hmm. is a choice to deceive someone it's the absolute worst betrayal you could you could inflict on someone because it's intentional and and at the level that that I learned that he had done this it was so hurtful but it wasn't my fault 
Like it wasn't how I acted. It wasn't because I worked too much. It wasn't because I was older. It was, it had nothing to do with me. And that was the best freedom to realize this is a gift. Like you've now been given another chance to a course correction. I call mm-hmm. it my big, massive course correction. Yep. Then the next one that Oprah has that always gets me is you only get it a life, which you have the courage to ask for. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying this to my kids forever and they hate when I say it, but it is so true. So and true. you, you only get what a life or you can't get. And like, as Canadians, we're very polite <laughs> and we're very beat around the bush yep. and we're not direct. The Dutch and the Europeans and the business I'm in now, yeah. very direct. Yeah. This is, this is, and it is, I had to actually cut back on my, my apologies I'm sorry. I, I had to take it out of my emails and they're actually would notice it in my emails. And I was, I was restricted to three a week <laughs> and only if it was actually my fault. Are you serious? Oh, I'm serious. We say it so much. It's we crazy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. We say it so much. The other one that really helped me was Mel Robbins and narcissistic abuse because I suffered from narcissistic abuse and narcissistic abuse is hidden it is horrific and it is slow and meticulous and happens over time Mm -hmm. and it it, and and when I learned about narcissism and narcissistic abuse my life it was like these light bulbs went off and then I joined narcissistic abuse help groups on Facebook Mm -hmm. and they became my my world where I didn't feel so crazy anymore I didn't feel crazy gaslighting Mm -hmm. is a real thing Mm -hmm. it really is true circle jerk arguments that never go anywhere. Tell me about that. Um, like, give me an example of that. Like, like where you, you say, can you just stay home on a Friday? Like, you know, you're never, you're always, you leave for work at seven and you, you know, can you just maybe not drink every Friday with your friends all night? Like, can you, can you stay home with us some Fridays? Like, you know, trying to get my husband to participate in our life a little more and do things with me, mm-hmm. like, like do, do go on dates and, and be with me. But Friday's, And so what would happen is, is then it would become like, it would twist it where it was me asking too much and me being needy and, and, and like, you would feel crazy. Like, am I crazy? Like, am I asking too much? Like, Mm -hmm. like, like little things like, okay, so we're going to leave for a holiday. Right. And okay, we're going to leave at noon. And then he would come home at 11 and be mad that I'm not ready. And I'd be like, well, like, I still want to clean the house and I got to empty the fridge and I want to do this and I want to pack. And yeah. And then we get in these horrible arguments because, okay, so you, when you say we're leaving at noon, what you really mean is we're leaving at 11, right? right? Or yeah. like we go camping and he would empty the, empty the cooler one time, like out on the driveway of the, where the kids would walk in it. It would get messy. And I have a bit of obsessive compulsive. I like things neat and order, orderly. Like I can't really do the things I need to do unless all my work is done and things are neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't believe in that. He, and I, I had to compromise how I wanted to live because he's like, well, if you don't like it, then clean it up yourself. Like mm-hmm. lots of little things like, like the vacuum was too loud. So for like 17 years, I never vacuumed when people were home because he didn't like the sound of the vacuum. And I didn't realize until after, like, you're like, that's not normal. Mm-mm. Like he should be vacuuming yeah. as well. Like I'm exactly. Working, I'm mm-hmm. busy. Or the other one was like buying clothes. Like I would buy clothes from Superstore because Joe Fresh had really cool fr- clothes mm-hmm. and it would look like groceries. Mm-hmm. Like I did little things like that, that, and there's lots of things like this, just little things like you. And even to this day, I, I get panicked that I'm late and I get panicked. Like, 
so I my I have a boyfriend now and like sometimes uh, I will act like it's my husband's behavior like I'll 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 feel apologetic before I've even done anything wrong right, right? yeah and it's yeah. like it's just years of 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 constant conflict with someone that just you just would I am very stubborn and I would like my way but um that meant doing everything myself Mm-hmm. So that was always hard, right? Or like the, the classic was when the kids would leave with him, he would take them to school because he wanted to, t- he, he loves his daughters so much. He really does. And he would, they didn't make them take the bus because the bus was not cool. So he would drive them to school. Mm-hmm. And even when we were in money crunch and I really wanted us to save money, like he just didn't, narcissists don't have any clue about money and, and how to deal with money. But they would phone me from the vehicle and say, mom, it's garbage day. Like, get the garbage out because the garbage cans were out on the driveway. Right. And it was like, oh, it's garbage day. Like, and I'd be like, oh, right. Garbage day. Thanks for reminding me. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. why Why can't, why couldn't yeah. these very capable three human beings <laughs> empty the garbage themselves? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of things like I I took and this is my problem. Like I took complete control of everything from running the pool to getting the vehicle serviced to to registrations for things to you you name it. Even from 7000 kilometers away, I'm still dealing with health health cards getting lost and and Mm -hmm. financial Mm -hmm. stuff. And it Mm -hmm. it it was my responsibility to set boundaries and say, no, like this is how it's going to be. I just like being in control. Tell me about your daughter coming over there. Oh, COVID, hey? Yeah. Like when I landed here in March, I I had to decide. Like, so I land March 9th. I had a couple interviews at an interview the day I landed. And then I had a what would be what was to be the final interview for the job I ended up getting. And that was on Friday the 13th. So it was my 13th flight on Friday the 13th. And when I met the Dutch guy two years before uh it was on friday the 13th so that's like, kind of my lucky number yeah. i know isn't that funny yeah but when i went for that interview on the friday so we ended up having it by by a zoom call here in my apartment which was supposed to be for two weeks and has become my home <laughs> since <laughs> i got here the lockdown hit on the 15th and then the government and the world that following week was like oh everyone get home and everyone come home so i'm on unemployment at the time i had left my job and I had gone part-time from September. I was coming here in the middle of each month for two weeks. The girls knew we were prepared. And the idea was my ex-husband would move in with the girls. And I would just come back and forth. They would come over here. And we would go about our lives with two different homes. Mm-hmm. When it just didn't happen. And I'm now I came here for the whole month of January to learn Dutch and meet more people. Get this job interview. Now I'm like at the end, like, this is it. Like I'm getting into the spring. I'm going to need to get a job because my unemployment had started. Um, I'd worked part-time to help them out while they tried to replace me. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, I need to get a job. I can't keep coming back and forth and spending money, though it's not as expensive as people think. It's cheaper than going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it would have been probably my last trip. Like I, I would have maxed out my 180 days allowed to even stay here. Yeah. So I decided to stay and I, and I got the job. So on the 29th of March, like a, a, a week later, they did, they were absolutely no communication for a week because their this company went into emergency planning because the minute the lockdown hit, there was massive amounts of, of, of layoffs for company, for employees that we support. Yeah. So we, they, they ended up cutting back and doing a hiring freeze, but they hired, I think it was 17 people 
out of what was going to be 40 or 50, right? They, they, they stopped hiring, but they had a few that they had to replace and hire. And I was one of them. So I was very lucky. So then it was just a waiting game. So then we're like, okay. So then Ray moved in with the girls officially into my house. And it was like waiting until such time as I got my job and then it would all be fine. And they would just come in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then Annika would start school in August in Vancouver. She's going to Vancouver Film School. Yeah. It would all be fine. This will all go away. It's going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had no. I had, I mean, the number one thing is, is I need to be financially secure and I needed a job. The fact that I could get it, like when I realized to move here, I need to make a certain amount of wage. Like I, you can't just move here and, and immigrate mm-hmm. without uh, having a higher level position. I was just going to move here and just work at some office job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't I just go okay I'll just buy a house and I'll have a but the idea that I was going to get a dream job and get an amazing opportunity that would like build my life and have mm-hmm. a secure future and I might even be able to retire yeah that was a huge light bulb moment yeah. and these jobs were just so close and then when I got this one I was so thrilled what would you say to other women that are going through this or have gone through it about what what they are actually capable of oh so much you know that classic cliche that they say to you when you're a kid like you can do anything like you can literally become anything like Mm -hmm. I I truly believe that like I just literally willed this to happen like I just I bet you I applied and I one day will count but I bet you I applied and LinkedIn was my major source of where I applied for jobs but I bet you I applied for a hundred jobs like at least like and full-on cover letters and and making sure my 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 they call it a cv was completely up to the job description and and it is it was hard and devastating when you didn't get a job or when you but you can really do anything like it's really like and you're never too old like it is never too old there are so many people who like in the i think the hardest part is identifying what you really want in life like the hardest part is figuring out like what life do you vision and I really believe in envisioning things and like dreaming, like you have to picture it in your mind. Like, where do you see yourself in five, 10, 15 years? Mm-hmm. And what I got really scared of was I was really bitter and I was frustrated and I was like, oh, I don't want to, I need a bigger place. I want to meet more people. I want to travel. But how do you do that on a single mom's income in a small community? And I'm like, this is not going to work. Like I need to let go of this stuff and this house and I need to really get my finances in order or my kids and their future at risk Mm -hmm. and when I started looking at long term yeah you can dream anything and you know Mel Robbins has a video I really love her too she's Mm -hmm. very direct and she had a video that I watched she's in a cab in part of it and no one cares about your dreams but you and and not not your husband not your kids not your mom like in, in your parents, like I went to my parents often and especially through struggles, my sister too, they were so supportive and helpful, but they don't, they're, they don't live my reality and they're not going to live with the consequences of my decisions. Neither will my neighbors or my friends, or mm-hmm. I had to make a decision. They don't know what it's like to have a divorce and lose a second income. And now you can't make ends meet. And mm-hmm. they don't know what it's like to not know if you're going to have a job next month. And so I had to make a decision. Of what I really want. I am yeah. so grateful for you. Aw, Do you know that? <laughs> I have been following your journey since, well, since we were friends, but yeah, you know, with social media and 
and Instagram in particular. I've just been following you and cheering you on. And I know I've cheered you on in comments and stuff, but every post that you post, I cheer you on every story. It's just, you're inspiring. So I'm grateful. Well, thank you. So are you. And when you started to share your story and what you've been through, like I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that when I took pictures of that beautiful baby girl, how much you went through to get her. Right. Yeah. And it also made me really appreciate my children Mm -hmm. because I, I remember feeling so exhausted and so angry as a mom so much, but that wasn't them. Mm -hmm. That was my marriage. And that was how I felt in my marriage. Yeah. And I still battle with that anger and with that, that depression that kind of kicks in once in a while. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. pull yourself out of it. But to know, like to appreciate my children and how much of a gift they are Mm -hmm. and what you had to go through to have children. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't, I can't even, I can't even imagine. Well, there's there's times, lots of times, (laughs) even though we went through that and that was painful and I am super grateful for them every day. It's still freaking hard. (laughs) Yeah. You know, in the day to day, it's like you want to wring their neck, but it took a lot of work to get that neck. So it's like, (laughs) oh, oh my God, what do I want to do here? Do I want to be grateful for them or not? And I always obviously choose to be grateful for them but yeah it's still hard it's still tough it's, it's a struggle it's and I my marriage children in marriage like I often will tell women that I meet who feel this pressure to have children and I tell them don't mm-hmm. don't until you know you're ready and until, until you're you know. with someone that you're on the same page mm-hmm. from the simplest things of garbage and mm-hmm. dishes and how you're going to discipline your kids. And you know, the episode where you talk about um, um, going to the airport and having to deal with something so emotional as your daughter, mm-hmm. having a complete meltdown, mm-hmm. like knowing how, like, you know, dealing with those kind of things in a marriage with someone who's supposed to be your, your partner, you're like, this is it. You're supposed to do it together. If you're not right on the same page and if you're not supporting each other 107,000%, mm-hmm. those, it, it is so hard. Oh, so hard. What are you grateful for today? Uh, I, you know, I honestly am grateful for my health and the health of my family. Like, I think I am not afraid of COVID and I am a freedom loving Mm-hmm. person who doesn't who believes the governments have overstepped on this completely I don't agree with what's happened at all I don't think that having owned a non-essential business I don't think that any government should ever have the right to tell someone that their business is not essential it's all great till they run out of other people's money that they keep giving people to close down and it, it how we'll recover from this will be interesting and I can see that there is recovery coming and it's going to be fine but I am grateful for my health and mm-hmm. that my family is healthy. My grandmother is 90. So she's in the high risk. My dad has bad lungs. So he's in high risk. But I'm really thankful that I got a job that I can provide for my kids that I have this bright, awesome future and we're healthy. Mm-hmm. And we're just being patient, patient. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. I'm also grateful for Instagram. Like I really am grateful for the for the way that I was able to share my journey. And 
all of the positivity that came at me as I expressed just my joy and, and, and what I was doing next and, mm-hmm. and how excited I was. Like, instead of judgment and feeling like people were being negative, I just didn't even notice it. Didn't even, that stuff came later when I could handle it, when God mm-hmm. knew that I could handle it. Then it was like, oh, they thought I was crazy. Oh, really? <laughs> it's well, like, too bad. Oh, really? They think moving to the Netherlands and leaving Western Canada when you're 45 years old is crazy? Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. So I am grateful. Like social media can be really awful at times, but if we use it for good, it's an amazing way to connect with people and share our stories. And I've got to watch your, like your family pictures are always spectacular. And <laughs> Which one did you like the most? The the most recent one? <laughs> the most recent one was hilarious. Like when you were like, you, even you looked like you did not look like you were enjoying yourself at all. So I'm just grateful. I have an amazing family that's healthy and grateful for social media to keep me entertained while I went through my healing. (laughs) I am so grateful that you shared this because I know, like I told you in the DMs, I know that (laughs) your story, your hard, beautiful journey is definitely going to apply to many people that it will inspire them to know that they can do anything they want doesn't you really matter can. what they've gone yep. through just don't give up and don't don't, don't worry about what people think mm-hmm. figure out what be yourself envision what you want envision what you want in life and when raising kids is so hard and being a parent is so hard you don't have to be perfect mm-hmm. you know yeah. just do the best you can and teach good values because it's good people good values and good morals like that's what really matters and mm-hmm you know, no, don't blame other people. Like Mm -hmm. life is about like, and I had to stop that. So it's Mm -hmm. good. It feels really good. It feels Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. This, I love watching your journey and I love listening to your podcast and yeah, just an appreciation for how lucky I am too, to have children that don't have ADHD. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's times when you think maybe they did, Mm -hmm. but not as you listen to your journey. It's not the Mm -hmm. same. Like, yeah. 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 Like it's, it's a, it's because I don't think people, that people underestimate that too. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Hi Charlie. It's going to be fun to watch you grow up, Charlie. Yeah. Now she's (laughs) sleeping. Thank you. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Trust me. I know from personal experience that the thought of it can make you just shut down that idea immediately. Where do I even begin? What equipment do I need? Will people even care what I have to say? What if I run out of things to say? The list of questions goes on and on. I had the questions too, so don't worry. And now that I've done the work and I'm still learning every day, I am ready to teach others that they can do it too, and it doesn't have to be scary. I will be sharing more info over the next month on when my course will be launching, so please stay tuned. And if you have any specific topics you'd like to see covered in this course, please feel free to send me a DM and I'll be sure to consider it. If you want to use your voice to entertain, educate, or inspire others, you will definitely be interested in the course that I am building. It will have so much great content and have you starting your podcast in no time. Believe me when I say this. People want to hear what you have to say. So let's find your voice together and start your own podcast.
Well, that is a wrap for another episode of Hard Beautiful Journey. Thank you again, Stacy, for sharing your Hard Beautiful Journey with us. I know it will inspire many people as much as it has inspired me. Please be sure and come back next Tuesday and make sure you follow me on social. I am at Hard Beautiful Journey on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Ms. Tiff Vaughn on Instagram and Facebook as well. Until next time, be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.